Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hi, I'm Brandon Ward. And I'm Ron Jorlock. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. Brother, how are you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. How are you? Doing well. We are back again in our Zoom studio today, uh, a little bit different than our studio on campus. Uh, But we're going to discuss what I feel like is is a very important and a relevant topic, and that is pastors and seminary. But before we get into any questions, brother, I was wondering if you could just take some time to, to tell our listeners a little bit about your own seminary journey. Uh, you, you have a kind of a unique story. You know, you went from a prospective student uh, to a seminary professor. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your, your journey? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really amazing. I didn't think that I was going to go to seminary. Uh, to be honest, when I was starting college, I didn't even think that I was going to be a pastor. Uh, I, you know, there were folks who I think thought that I, that I would, and, and they kind of nudged me in that direction. Uh, but it wasn't actually until uh, a little bit after um, I started college, right around my freshman year uh, of college, that uh, the Lord started uh, really making that direction clear to me that that's where he wanted me to go, and that's what he wanted me to do with my life. Uh, so when I started college, I went to a liberal arts school. It was a Christian liberal arts school out in the Midwest, uh, started off there. And then as it was uh, becoming clearer to me that that's what God really wanted me to pursue, uh, I transferred from there to a Bible college in the Maryland DC area, a little bit closer to home. Uh, and then from there, really that's where the ball just got rolling. So I went to the Bible college, and by the time I had graduated from the Bible college, I had more questions than I had answers. And so I knew that I was going to keep on going in seminary. I just didn't really know when. Uh, So I graduated. I got married uh, to my beautiful bride, Annie, uh, and it was right around uh, around the first birthday of our firstborn, uh, my son, Joshua. Uh, that we, you know, really started to think seriously about seminary. Uh, so this was, let's see, 2004 was when we, uh, when I graduated, when we got married. Uh, 2006 was when Joshua was born. 2007 uh, then was when we started seminary. And so we moved uh, to Texas, went to Southwestern uh, Seminary in Fort Worth, and I was there for several years. And then uh, the Lord uh, led me to Baltimore, and that's where I started pastoring. And I graduated from Southwestern. I, I was there uh, pastoring in Baltimore. And, and the more that I was there, again, I had more questions than I had, <laughs> than I had answers. And there were still things that I really wanted to tease out and still ideas that I, I knew I needed to develop. Uh, and so it was right in the middle of, of uh, my time as, as, as pastor there in Baltimore that I uh, started uh, a PhD. And yeah, and, and so it was, it was right in the middle of all of that uh, with pastoring and uh, pursuing my PhD that uh, Southeastern uh, called and, and asked me to consider uh, coming over and joining the faculty here. So yeah, uh, it, all of these things uh, are, are so um, unexpected for me, uh, you know, in, in that, you know, the, the need kind of arose as I kept moving forward. Uh, but back when I was a, a teenager thinking about college, there was no way in the world uh, that any of this was on my radar. Right. Uh, so yeah, the Lord was really kind and kind of unveiling it uh, moment by moment for me uh, as I've been walking through. Right. Now for me, it's, it's very similar, you know, seminary kind of came out of nowhere uh, you know, I was going to, to school to pursue kinesiology, you know, with hopes of, of being a, a physical therapist. And, you know, I, I was really active in my church at the time. I was serving as a youth pastor and, and the Lord was, was just providing opportunities uh, to teach and, and to lead. Uh, and I know you and I have talked about this before, 
uh, you've, you've had similar feelings where, you know, you find yourself itching for more. And mm -hmm. each time an opportunity comes, that itch is, is satisfied, but it's replaced days later with an even greater itch. And, you know, I, I really wanted to pursue physical therapy. Uh, I really wanted to do that for, for many reasons, some of which, you know, you, you and I've talked about as well, uh, just going back to my dad, getting hurt on the job and going to, to pain medication instead of, you know, seeking out therapies to actually help with the pain. And there was that motivation. There was motivation of wanting to, to pursue this with my, with my best friend, Cody, who I'd been doing classes with since community college. We were really close. Um, but the Lord kind of out of nowhere put seminary on my mind. Uh, you know, for the first time in my life, I was standing out of, of a, uh, in a place of uncertainty about what I needed to do, whether to pursue therapy or, or to, to, to go to seminary. And that decision wasn't made overnight. So it's not like all of a sudden seminary comes into the picture and all things are figured out. And it's, you know, kind of like a, a Disney princess scene where the animals are singing and chirping and we're all moving to the same beat, same drum. Uh, there were obviously plenty of conversations that I had with, with guys I, I both respected and trusted. There were obviously tons of prayers about pursuing theological education. And, uh, and it wasn't just me making that decision. It was, uh, it was a family decision. Uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, the story at this point, we know I chose seminary because I'm here. Uh, but it's just kind of amazing how very similar to you, brother. Uh, it wasn't on my radar, you know, all the way up. It, it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, but the amazing thing is, and I say this so often when I kind of tell this story, is there hasn't been a day where I've looked back and said, man, I regret doing that. Like, I wanted to pursue physical therapy for sure. And, and I still have those interests. I still love talking about things like that uh, with to my to my best friend who actually did go and pursue physical therapy and is now a physical therapist. Uh, but and God is so good for putting that desire and and just how He used seminary in my life. And so you know, we, we we talked a little bit about how our our journeys have gone, where they went. Mm -hmm. But who should consider going to seminary? What are what are kind of the factors that someone who might be interested in pursuing theological education should consider uh, when making that decision? Yeah. Uh, well, first, who who should go? Um, someone who wants to learn. <laughs> I mean, right. if you if you really want to learn the scriptures, you really want to uh, to deep dive uh, into uh, the the Bible, into theology, into uh, church history, philosophy, uh, uh, and and so forth. Uh, seminary is the place. You know, seminary is is the place to go. Uh, you have these these uh, institutions that are specifically designed for uh, theological education and theological training. If you are uh, in ministry or, or you sense that the Lord is leading you into some type of local church ministry, it's good to have a context. It's good to know what you're stepping into. Uh, and seminary, I believe, provides that context. Uh, you know, uh, if you um, are in a really in any uh, church ministry, you're going to need to know the Bible. Well, seminary uh, trains you uh, in not only in knowing what the Bible says, but in learning how to read the Bible and how to communicate it yourself. Uh, if you uh, are going into local church ministry, it's good to know where the church has come, you know, uh, from, you know, the time of the apostles all the way to today, church history. Uh, that's a, a massive uh, um, importance because you get to see where uh, generations before you, leaders before you, have walked the things that they have done uh, that were great, things that they've done that were terrible, and you can learn from them, learn from their successes, learn from their mistakes, and get a better perspective on on the uh, the church culture uh, that we have today. Um, you know, uh, you 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 kind of it's kind of the mall map, you know, where or the amusement park map where you get the red dot. You are here. Uh, seminary kind of provides that map for you to to be able to situate yourself and your ministry a little bit better. So yeah, seminary is great for that. Um, in terms of factors, there are tons of factors. Um, first off, uh, let, let me let me divide it, I guess, uh, between the the single guy and the married guy. 
so the one who's going uh, all by himself, he only has himself to think about, the one who has uh, family to think about. Uh, for the one who has himself to think about, obviously you've got to think about money, you've got to think about uh, timing, um, you, uh, you've got to think about employment and so on if you're, re if you're relocating. Um, if you're going to a, um, a another area, you got to think about where you're going to live. You got to think about um, you know the cost of living and and all of these different things, uh, and of course the cost of tuition, the cost of books, you know, and so on uh, along that. As a uh, with a family, you got to think a little bit about a, little, a few more things, right? You've got to think about uh, you know how your wife will be served, how your children will be served. Uh, for both single and married, you've got to think about churches in the area. Where are you going to settle in? Uh, you know, um, where are you going to go uh, uh, to grow and to serve uh, you know, a, a fellow body of believers? You, you've got to think about those things as well. Um, but just a little word to the married uh, and, and to the, uh, the parents here, um, uh, husbands, wives, fathers, moms, uh, that are uh, that are considering seminary. Um, if you are considering seminary, you've got to think about this as being a group project. Okay, uh, it's not just for you know for you going and and taking the classes, writing the papers, you know, doing the exams, you know, and so on. Um, you know, you've got to really ask: Is this a time for all of us uh, to be in seminary? Um, you know, for all of us to be in the seminary context, because it will be rigorous and it will be taxing. Um, you know, uh, are, is this a right time for my kids, you know, for me to be, you know, studying and so on, because there are going to be plenty of hours where I won't be available, where I won't be there. You know, I, I've got, I've got things to do. I've got papers to write and so on. Uh, is this the best time for us, you know, as a marriage, you know, to be thinking seminary and so on? So, yeah, you've got all kinds of other factors there uh, um, uh, and not just what school and what professors, you know, and so on. You're you're hoping to do life there. Right. And if you're going to do life there, then you've got to consider all of those things uh, when you're considering seminary. How can pastors help those who express a desire to a, to attend seminary? Or maybe those who who want to serve in ministry but don't really know anything about seminary. How can pastors serve them and help them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, you know it's interesting. I would probably answer this differently than I than I would have say a decade ago, um, because even you know as recently as a decade ago, seminary demanded relocation. So if there were people that were interested in, in seminary or they were interested in growing, you know, you really had to sell for them quitting their jobs, you know, putting their house on the market, you know, and relocating and coming over uh, to, you know, say here in North Carolina or, or wherever um, to go to seminary. It's so much different now. You know, now with the emergence of online education, uh, with the emergence of, of varied formats, hybrid formats, and and things like that, uh, and even with the uh, with the emergence of certificate programs and you know uh, ministry uh, training at local churches uh, like our Equip program here at Southeastern, uh, there's so many other ways that people can get theological training. Uh, without the demand to relocate. Now, I personally uh, think that it's it's good uh, to relocate, um, uh, but you know, if you're not able to do that, if you're not able to uh, to to make that move right now, you can still get the training and you can still get the education. Now, there's some people who may you know look at all of that and they say, well, why do I need to do that anyways? And certainly, uh, I've seen that uh, from the Bible college years all the way up to today, you know, the people who say, well, I don't need, you know, to do all of that. I, you know, I've got, you know, me and my Bible and, and that's all that I need, <laughs> you know, and, and they kind of uh, dismiss uh, education altogether. And I would say to them, uh, well, I mean, just to be honest, uh, I would be a little hesitant to go to a doctor who didn't feel the need to go to med school. 
Um, and I would certainly uh, be hesitant to go to a lawyer who didn't feel the need to go to law school. Uh, you know, there are plenty you know, who, who don't feel the need to do so. Uh, but there's something about taking the time uh, and, and taking the effort to study, to take the time to do the training, take the time to prepare uh, for uh, a lifetime of service, a lifetime of ministry. Uh, and so for those who are interested, uh, for those who are thinking about, uh, about you know, seminary training, um, I would say, hey, now is the time, perhaps better than any other time, uh, because you, there's so many various ways that you can uh, that you can be trained without having to relocate. And uh, it's good for you to want that training uh, because we're not a finished product or anything. All of us need uh, preparation. Um, and that preparation will be very uh, uh, useful for you for a lifetime of serving the Lord. Uh, that's really helpful. I would also say, you know, if you're a pastor, don't wait for that person who's expressed the desire for for ministry or, or seminary. Uh, don't wait for that person to go to seminary to be trained, right? Like, start investing and in, in, in training that person now. You know, affirm their gift, their gifts, uh, challenge them where they are showing weaknesses. Uh, be honest with them where they stand. Uh, don't don't just wait and hand them off to the seminary to do those things, start doing those things now. I mean, if they're expressing an interest and desire for ministry, you're already doing it, you know, don't stop doing it, continue to do it, uh, and continue to be connected with them, even when they're gone. Uh, I still talk to my pastor uh, back in Mississippi. Uh, his friendship today is just as valuable to me as it was before we packed our bags and came here, you know, he, mm -hmm. he still calls me to this day. He still prays for me. He's constantly sending text messages with encouragements. Uh, I, I value that. And if you're a pastor, keep, keep yourself connected to that person, even though obviously they're, they're in a different location. They're, they may be busy, all those things. You'd be surprised what a text message could do to a stressed out seminary student, uh, it could go a long way. Uh, so we, we've talked about who should consider going to seminary, you know, ways pastors can encourage them. Uh, but how can someone who is pursuing theological education get the most out of it? What are things that they can do? Hmm. Well, for starters, show up. Uh, we'll start there. <laughs> Show up. So uh, don't don't take it lightly. Don't don't think of seminary as something to, uh, to get by with or to get through. Uh, but rather, you know, be there, be present, be active, be involved, uh, you know, uh, show up. <laughs> um, so that's the, that's the first thing. Step one, uh, keep or well, first take take and keep all of your notes okay i still have uh notebooks and brandon you know this because i was about to say uh, it's no, i've seen all of your notebooks not even just from seminary but from some of the the internships and things that you've been a part of yeah yeah i i keep them all and the reason i keep them all is because i know that i'm going to come back to them and I do. I come back to them frequently. I'm, Real quick, though, what, what yeah. amazes me isn't just the fact that you've kept them, but there have been multiple conversations that you and I have had in your office where you'll just go grab one of them, flip to a page. You, like, yep. you even remember the exact locations of certain notes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, they're gold to me. <laughs> One, I paid thousands of dollars for these notes. Um, <laughs> so uh, so they better be gold to me uh, as much as as much money has been spent on on education. Uh, but but I mean, they're they're useful. And it's interesting that I remember not just uh, the notes, but I remember the the ones who taught me these things my professors. Uh, I think that's another thing that you really need to uh, to invest in. Invest in time with your professors. Um, you know, get to know them. Uh, you you don't you know you obviously you're probably not going to get along with all of them. 
uh, you know, they're not all going to be uh, buddies or, or anything like that. But but if you get an opportunity to to have, you know, conversations with them, to learn from them, uh, not just inside the classroom, but to learn from them outside the classroom, take advantage of those moments. Uh, that's what they're there for. Uh, you know, they're there to learn, you know, uh, to, uh, to learn from. They're there to teach you. They're there to, uh, to help to shape you. Uh, uh, in your in your understanding of the world and understanding, of course, of of the scriptures. So take advantage of that. I would say also uh, develop good friendships. Uh, we lived uh, when we were in seminary. We lived in uh, um, on campus housing, and uh, there in campus housing, we we spent uh, so much time with our with our neighbors and so on. And it's funny because we'll get together for annual meeting. Uh, the SBC annual meeting. So many of us are in ministry now in the in Southern Baptist uh, context, and we'll see them, and we'll run and hug hug on them and everything. We'll go out to dinner and 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 so forth. You know, I'll I'll, I'll name drop here one of my good good friends, Ricky Primrose, uh, who pastors in North Texas, uh, right in the Dallas area. Uh, we saw him and his wife uh, there at the last uh, meeting in Nashville. And you know, we went out for pizza and uh, you know, caught up on life and, and caught up on ministry and so on. We were able to, to uh, uh, encourage them. They certainly were an encouragement to us. And it was just such a refreshing time. Now we're talking about a couple that we met 15 years ago. <laughs> I mean, we started, I started seminary uh, with, and, and we, we all started at the same time. We also we started 15 years ago, and here we are 15 years later with a lot of life that's passed and a lot of ministry that's passed, and we're still. I mean, we meet with each other, and it's like we never, you know, like we never missed a beat, you know, and 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 so on. Where did that come from? Well, that came from doing life together there, you know, at at in school, you know, taking classes together, working together, and and just building good strong relationships. And so now here we are. Uh, uh, with them and and so many others, uh, um, you know that are all over. I mean, literally all over the world. And uh, yeah, we have uh, folks to pray for. We have folks that we keep in touch with, uh, and so on. Folks that have been an encouragement to us over the years in our uh, lives and our ministry. Uh, that that's something that seminary is 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 uniquely situated for, uh, and and is uh, able to. Uh, to be a context where you can cultivate those types of uh, those types of deep, deep, uh, long-lasting relationships, and so don't just go in thinking I'm here to get my degree. I'm coming in, getting my classes, leave me alone. You know, I'm just going to uh, uh, blow my way through this whole thing uh, and try to get done as fast as I can. I'm all for you know uh, going and 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 you know not dragging your feet and things like that, but along the way. Develop good relationships with your professors. Develop good relationships with uh, with fellow classmates, fellow seminary students, and families, and so on. Uh, and you'll find that that'll be much, much more fruitful, along with those notes, much more fruitful uh, in the years and years ahead uh, as you uh, uh, leave from seminary and go off wherever the Lord takes you. I'm still laughing in my head about your your binders full of notes, uh, but you're right, brother. <laughs> uh, so much of what you said is is so spot on. You know. To get the most out of seminary, you first have to know what seminary is, right? You know, I, mm -hmm. I think of uh, think of marriage. You know, I, I know a lot of guys who who thought going into marriage would fix a lot of problems they had before they got married. So they had some issues, and they thought marriage is going to fix all this stuff, and it didn't. If anything, it it just revealed more. And I think you have to understand that seminary is not going to fix all your problems. Uh, you're going to go in with some weaknesses that you're that are probably going to be revealed to be bigger than what you previously thought they were. You know, mm -hmm. it's not a one-stop shop where you're just going to come out and be, you know, perfect. Um, and so I would say, first of all, like, don't, don't let seminary be that. Like if you mm -hmm. have weaknesses that you feel like you need to address, address them now and continue to work on them once you get to seminary. That said, you know, Absolutely, everything you said. Build relationships with your classmates, uh, some of which are going to be lifelong friendships, the, the people you're going to call when you've just had a rough week and you just need some encouragement. Um, make relationships, solid, intentional relationships with your professors. It, 
baffles me how many students don't take the opportunity to get to know their professors. You know, mm -hmm. uh, serving as a college advisor here for uh, a period of time, one of the things that, that I would tell the advisees every single time we met was, have you taken the time to, to you know, invite your professor to coffee or anything? And they're just like, well, they probably don't want to do that. And I'm like, I have professors, including you, like that say, I would do it. Like I've seen you yeah. take students to lunch and to coffee and have them in your office and talk about everything under the sun, you know. Um, mm -hmm. Professors want to do that. And this is the opportunity. I mean, you're not going to have an opportunity like this ever, you know. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, my encouragement is always, you know, if you're a student, each semester, at least once, invite your professor to lunch. Uh, I, I, that yeah. was kind of my, my policy when I was uh, working on my MDiv was every semester I'm inviting my professor for coffee. And bonjour, I can tell you, I learned a lot of stuff in the classroom, but the conversations I had outside of the classroom surpassed that easy for me mm -hmm. because I was mm -hmm. able to talk about real stuff, you know, and, and, and just have that time to get to know the professor, uh, but also talk about things that were interesting to me, things that I struggled with, things that I wanted to know more about. It was just, it was better. So definitely don't take that for granted. Also find valuable mentors. Like, you know, I think of uh, Keith Whitfield, uh, Dr. Mm -hmm. Whitfield. I was fortunate enough to, to be in his mentorship group, you know, for the two or three years of my seminary. And, you know, every Friday we would meet, we would read a book together. We would go through a book in the Bible together, very informal. We would just sit and talk about the scriptures uh, we would pray with each other and that that was a season in my life where I was just going through some stuff and these mm. brothers were were such an encouragement to me and I, I am who I am today you know because of these the, the, that group of guys uh, that mm. very much are the guys I would call if I needed anything and so find out what opportunities there are and then what I would say is is probably the most important is to get plugged into a local church and serve faith. Exactly. Absolutely. This is so important. And, and brother, it's so crazy, but I've seen guys in seminary deprioritize the local church. Uh, the temptation is real to let work, life, and studies play, be placed above the local church. Uh, mm -hmm. Especially, uh, guys, if you're pursuing the pastorate, don't forget the church makes pastors. Seminaries yeah. just help shape, mold, and and prepare them. Uh, and so you've you've got to prioritize service and membership and participation in the local church. You got to do that. Uh, and then, as you said earlier, which I thought was just a fantastic point, is if you're married, involve your family as much as possible. Have mm -hmm. conversations with your wife about what you're learning, what you're reading, um, if you're able read with her through some of it. I mean, that, mm -hmm. that's some of what we have done. Uh, take your kids on walks around campus. You know, that's something that our family did early on that we do weekly. My kids love going to campus. Every week I'm like, it's the same stuff, right? Like they see the same stuff. You think it would get old, but uh, the first thing they do is they go to the fountains and look at the fountains. Then they, you know, we have our, our pre-drawn out walk you know, we go upstairs, we look at the squirrels. If you've never been to Southeastern, the place is flooded with squirrels. Like I've yeah. had conversations with other, with employees. Like if we ever had like a sports team, I understand like the gophers might be like the, the preference because it's got go and gophers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think squirrels have got to be the mascot because there's so many of them on campus. There my, really my, are. Exactly. And my, but my kids love coming to campus. Uh, and if there are groups on campus, your wife can be involved and encourage her to, to do that. Uh, I know at Southeastern, we have women around Southeastern. We have Biblical Women's Institute, which is a certificate program. It's very affordable. Uh, we have a number of other opportunities uh, to get wives involved. Um, you even led Bible studies on campus mm -hmm. uh, that mm -hmm. specifically geared towards pastors, wives, and women on campus. Um, you getting the most out of seminary is realizing that it's not just about you, that you're not the only person that's going to benefit from it. 
Like you're here for a reason. You're here to be better, more well-rounded steward of what God has entrusted to you and will entrust to you in the future. Um, and so don't forget why you decided to pursue seminary to begin with. You know, seminary can be a place where you can become prideful, you can become puffed up, um, but it should be a place where you're humbled, where you grow and where you serve. You know, anyone can come in and, and get the piece of paper, you know, anybody can come in and get the degree, um, but it takes faithfulness, humility, and obedience to get the most out of your theological education, you know, to, to, be, to be able to say, I walked off campus sharper than when I walked onto campus, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say sharper and tender. Uh, yeah. uh, that's what you should be aiming for as as a student. And and to your point about the local church, that's exactly why uh, the the local church is so important. Uh, you're not going in to take over. All right, you're not you're not going into the the local church. You know to show them what you know. Mm. You know, or anything like that. You're going in to learn from those who have come before you. Uh, from those who, uh, uh, and, and if I could kind of make a plug, you, you go, go to churches and look for the old ones, <laughs> look right. for the old saints, look for those uh, that have lived life longer than you, uh, who may not have gone to seminary. Uh, right. They may not have, you know, uh, you know, done Greek and Hebrew and, and, and all of these things, uh, but boy, their walk with the Lord is sweet and precious and and you need to learn from them. That's a part of your seminary education, uh, is to learn how to walk with the Lord and, and learn from those who are walking with the Lord faithfully. Um, you know, uh, let, them, let them disciple you. Let them teach you. Uh, sure, you need a place where you can serve, absolutely. But also even remember, uh, if I can say it this way, the dirty jobs, you know, are, are, are really, exactly. you know, tailor-made for, for seminary students. Those, uh, you know, those relationships yeah. you're talking with, with that older, older guy who might not be seminary trained are the exact relationships you're going to be craving when you're a pastor and you mm-hmm. need someone's shoulder to, to cry on, to, to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, because you are going to go into a church, uh, possibly, uh, that doesn't have the old saints. You know, they don't have folks that have walked with the Lord for, you know, 40, 50, 60, maybe even 70 years. Uh, you may go into a church where there may be folks that are the same age, but they're not nearly uh, as mature uh, spiritually as the ones, you know, that you may meet uh, here. So where you, when you find the folks who are mature, uh, who are walking with the Lord and have been walking faithfully with Him and, and are just absolute uh, uh, treasure troves, you know, of, of wisdom, uh, learn as much as you possibly can from them and, and, and walk with them. And, and yeah, uh, you will be so glad that you did when you step away from that. The seminary is an interesting context, right? I mean, it's, it's an interesting context. Uh, there's a high concentration of biblical knowledge. There's a high concentration of, of focus on, on the gospel, focus on uh, preparation for ministry and so forth. And then you leave and you go out into the wild. And, uh, you know, when, and, and as you're out, you realize not everywhere is like that. <laughs> there are places uh, uh, that, that just simply don't have that kind of concentration. It doesn't make seminary better than, you know, than any other place. You just realize that if there is a place like that, then I should probably soak up as much as I possibly can so that when I leave from here, um, I've, I've got as much with me, you know, going with me uh, uh, as, I, as I possibly could take with me. And, and so that you're able to talk with folks and, and, and perhaps even uh, spread, you know, among uh, uh, the places where you go, you may spread among them. Uh, you know, some of the things that you uh, picked up and some of the things that you learned along the way from your time in seminary. Right, right. That's, that's really helpful. And, and one last thing on this, on this question, you know, you mentioned serve, serving and, and, and just thinking you're going to come in and take over. Like, as you're a student and you're serving, like, volunteer to help with nursery and mm-hmm. the things that we don't think of as like, you know, what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life because you are when you're a pastor 
you're still pastoring, you know, young kids and, and families. And if you can't, you know, do those things as a student, chances are you're not going to do them well as a pastor, you know, as the, the, the shepherd, you know, uh, switching gears, you know, before applying for ministry, I don't know about you, brother, but one of the things that I kept hearing from pastors in my area was that I need to be prepared to forget everything I was about to learn about sem in seminary. There were several guys that I know that they told me I would learn some things, uh, but, but most of what I was going to learn, I would need to forget. And obviously hearing that, like, I was like, well, what's the point of going to seminary then? As, as you already mentioned, like, it's not cheap. It's going to take a lot of time, a lot of effort. Why go through all of this just to forget it? Uh, and now, you know, being on the other side of it, having finished my MDiv, I can say that wasn't true, right? You know, maybe it was where they went to seminary. Maybe it was their experience. I, I don't know. Uh, but from the counseling classes that I took to the history classes I took here at Southeastern, I can confidently say these classes have contributed to my spiritual formation. I can say with confidence that that I will use all that I've learned in my preaching, in my ethics, in my leadership classes. And this isn't the only thing we hear about seminary that that's inaccurate, right? Uh, so I'd be curious, what are, what are some uh, of the common myths you've heard or maybe even still hear today about seminary? Hmm. Well, uh, I've definitely heard that one, the one that you just, <laughs> that you just mentioned. Um, and, you know, it, it typically, sometimes it, it can be true. You know, there are, there are some things that you learn, you know, uh, that, if I could say it this way, there's kind of the book smarts that you uh, that you've learned, and as you get involved in ministry and so on, you realize that that you know life doesn't exactly cut that way all the time, and you got to learn to adjust, and you've got to uh, you know you got to uh, learn how to you know how to think and process in in real time, you know, uh, in, in real situations. And so but on. even so, in those but, moments, that contributed to you coming to that conclusion. Right. Yeah, like absolutely. Still, it still plays a purpose. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and certainly, uh, you know, there are things that you learn in seminaries uh, that are absolutely beneficial for for ministry uh, and, and certainly will prepare you very much uh, for life. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, they I, in other words, it's not a, it's not as absolute as of, of a statement as it is when 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 people say that to uh, uh, to seminarians. Um, but uh, on the flip side is also, you know, that um, the, the myth that, you know, going to seminary uh, qualifies you for ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, so if I go to if I go to seminary, I am thereby, you know, called, you know, uh, and you mentioned this a little bit before. So you have some folks that are, if I can say it this way, they're just straight up jerks, um, <laughs> you know, who. Who, who just, you know, they, they don't have the heart of Christ. They don't think with the mind of Christ or anything, but they know Greek and Hebrew. But they have uh, their master of divinity. <laughs> oh, the yeah. name alone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and we know that. I mean, how many uh, pastors have we talked about over the last few years that we've been uh, doing our podcast here? Uh, how many uh, folks you know are are now former pastors, you know, or former ministry leaders, and and so forth, that got their MDiv from a seminary? Uh, you know, they they went to seminary, they they read the books, they they did all of those things, but there were hard issues that needed to be addressed that just simply weren't addressed, and honestly can't be addressed in the classroom. You need more than seminary. Uh, if you're uh, if you're going to be prepared for ministry, uh, you need more than that. Um, it's interesting when you look at the pastoral uh, letters, uh, you see the qualifications for the elder, uh, and it says there that he must be able to teach. Uh, and and of course, in order to be able to teach, you you've got to learn something. You know, you got to know some things, and so maybe you could put seminary as kind of an implication uh, in that in there. But that's one of the qualifications. All of the other qualifications have to do with your character. You know, who are you? 
What kind of person are you? What kind of temperament do you have? Are you walking with the Lord? Are you, uh, is the fruit of the spirit produced in you, you know, and so forth. All of those things are things that you are, that are absolutely essential uh, or else you should not step foot in, into the pastor that, that is not, you know, you're not ready, uh, you know, for, uh, for that type of thing. And there are some folks that come into seminary and they are great in the classroom. They're fabulous. They're very bright men, very bright ladies. Uh, that that come into our classes, and then they graduate from here, and they go off into ministry, uh, and and they make a mess of things because they needed more than just the the mental sharpness. Uh, they needed the heart of Christ, and so uh, that's a massive myth uh, that seminary uh, in some way uh, qualifies you or or guarantees that you are uh, that you are ready for ministry. It certainly isn't the case. Uh, it has a definite lane, I think a very important lane, and it needs to stay in that lane uh, um, uh, it, when, as, in terms of how we think about it and uh, its usefulness and, and benefit for uh, the preparation of ministry. Um, another thing uh, in terms of seminary that we've got to, we've, I think we, we have to remember is that seminary is not just for training pastors um, and, and missionaries and so forth. Uh, you may have some folks in your in your church who think that way, that, you know, I'm only going to go to seminary if I'm going to become a pastor. Uh, well, no, there are actually all kinds of ministries that you can train for uh, in order to, um, uh, that you can train for in seminary uh, in order to be prepared for ministry. Um, and yeah, yeah, a lot has changed. It, that was the way that seminary uh, used to function for many, many, many years. Uh, but definitely in recent years, there are plenty of other ministries and and there's plenty more ministry training that you can get uh at seminary so those are uh some main ones um that if i can go back to the marriage uh you know there, there are many who think that in order to do marriage uh, in order to do seminary you've got to be a single guy um it's just impossible to balance family and seminary and all of these things uh now i'm not going to lie to you it's hard <laughs> it is not an easy balance. Uh, and, and honestly, I don't think it ever is balanced. Um, you know, it, you kind of live with the imbalance in one way or another the entire way and just kind of fumble your way through. But it is possible. Uh, seminary can be a wonderful place uh, uh, for your marriage. Seminary can be a wonderful place uh, for your children, uh, provided that you, uh, you, you love them well, and provided that uh, you uh, you do your studies well and be diligent in your studies, and you learn how to do both of those. Uh, I say by the grace of God, because uh, I just can't think of any other way to do it. But yeah, um, you can be a family uh, and and all of that. And one more thing: um, the myth that seminary is for young folks. You got to be a young guy, you know, or a young gal to get into seminary. No. Uh, there are plenty of folks that uh, have, uh, in fact, I know several that have uh, gotten married, had kids, raised their kids, their kids now have kids, and now they are starting seminary. Uh, and they're wonderful students. In fact, they may be a little bit more motivated and, and certainly a little bit more focused. Uh, after all of these years, they're asking the right questions <laughs> because they've lived through some life. But but yeah, there, there's there's always you know every day is a good day to start uh, uh, with seminary. Um, should the Lord lead you in in that direction, so yeah, don't let age or anything like that keep you from uh, from getting more education and getting more training. Yeah, I've certainly heard all of those those myths as well. Uh, it's not a myth; it's actually a truth. But it, it, you kind of jogged it from my memory when you were talking about marriage. You know, one of the things that that Dr. Lawless told me. Uh, in a meeting we had, um, is that as, you know, there's obviously separate challenges for students who are married as opposed to those who are single. Um, and he told me, he's like, you know, as you're pursuing your, your, your education, you know, you need to give permission to your wife and your kids to be able to say to you, I need you now and be able to put things on pause. And the really fortunate thing, I mean, I don't know about other institutions, but I know that one of the things that I, I love so much about our, our school is we have professors who understand that. 
and that, that work with that. I remember there was a professor who told us, some of you, it would be wrong for you to get an A in this class because it means that you're taken away from your responsibilities in other places. Mm-hmm. Some of you need a B is good. Uh, for some of you, a B or a C is bad because you're not putting enough time into this, you know? And so it's, it's, it's definitely challenging, but, but boy, is it, is it also worth it? Uh, as cliche as that may sound, yeah. you know, seminary is, is a place that uh, produces humility for sure. You know, I'll never forget uh, coming into my first seminary class and walking out saying, man, I know nothing. <laughs> like, I know absolutely nothing. I thought I knew stuff, but it only took about one day of seminary for me to walk out saying, man, I know absolutely nothing. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and hopefully the prayer is that, that that's something that you will keep, you know, uh, that we're, we're all constantly learning. And uh, mm-hmm. praise God, we're doing it together, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what would you say to someone, because I, I feel like I hear this a lot, uh, what would you just say to someone who says the local church should be the training center for church leaders, uh, not the seminaries? Uh, what, what, what should the relationship between seminaries and churches look like? Hmm. Well, the local church, to be honest, I agree, the local church should be the, the center um, the local church should be the place where you are trained for ministry. The local church should be a place where, uh, where you are, uh, growing in the faith and growing in your knowledge of, of, of the Lord and growing in your, um, uh, in your understanding of, of, uh, the gravity, uh, for the mission, you know, to get the gospel to the ends of the earth and, and, and so forth. Yeah. The church should be that place. Um, the fact of the matter is, uh, it hasn't been, <laughs> um, and that's no, you know, disrespect to to the church. It's it's really, you know, the result of a lot of things that have happened uh, over over the last several centuries. Um, so, uh, you have folks that have uh, that have led churches that were un, uh, that were unprepared. Um, and you know, the, you have kind of unprepared leaders that, in, in essence, beget you know unprepared people, you know, who beget unprepared people, who beget unprepared people, and eventually you've got a church culture uh, that is so far removed from uh, you know what it should be about, you know, in terms of training and developing disciples and and developing people to uh, to serve the Lord and to to take the gospel wherever they go. Um, that seminaries, you know, became a necessity where I said, we, we need to do something to, to, uh, to help, you know, train and help, uh, establish folks, uh, you know, who are able to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, serve the Lord in whatever capacity. So uh, the need, you know, uh, uh, the, the goal, I guess you could say of the church being the place, you know, to, to train, uh, well, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it would be nice if that were the case. Um, and hopefully, uh, we're getting to a point where, uh, where students who are graduating from seminaries, uh, who are going with this, you know, these, uh, tools in their toolbox, that they're cultivating churches and cultivating church cultures, uh, that are able to do that kind of work. Um, but then there are other things that just simply you're not going to learn in, in the local church. You're not going to learn Greek and Hebrew in the local church. Right. Um, there are some churches that will teach church history. I think it would be really cool if more churches taught church history. Uh, yeah, I agree. But yeah, well, I know you would. But <laughs> but you know, it's they're not there. They're not there. So to say, you know, the local church should be the place. Well, what local church is teaching the languages? What local churches? you know, are teaching church history, what local churches are teaching philosophy, what local churches are, are teaching these things. So, uh, you know, if those churches uh, are there, may their tribes increase, right. uh, you know, but um, it's the, the fact of the matter is they, they just haven't been there. Uh, right. And so we, you know, the need is still there. And so the, the seminaries are, are kind of doing that. Now, I do want to say this, though, the seminary cannot in any way, shape, or form replace the local church. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's, it, it can't. Um, the Lord said, I will build my church. He did not say, I will build my seminary. 
uh, and the gates of, of Hades will not prevail over it. So the seminary uh, needs to see itself as a ministry. Uh, it is here to serve the local churches. It is not here to replace the local churches. Um, it is here to equip people to serve the local church. Um, uh, and so, yeah, uh, and so long as we understand uh, our, our role, kind of going back into staying in our lane, you know, uh, I think that we will function properly and hopefully we're raising up men and women who will uh, go into the churches, back into the churches and, uh, and help the church fulfill its calling uh, even more effectively. We do this a lot, don't we? It's, it's an either or, but, but it's not, you know, it's, it's a both and. And I think you made a right. really good point that if there are churches that are, that are able to do this, like praise God, like that's great. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, one of the things that I have loved about being in Wake Forest is our church, like at Open Door, you know, we were blessed to have a really intensive uh, mentorship program that I would say, you know, <laughs> was just as valuable, if not more valuable to me than my seminary education. Mm -hmm. um, because we had resources to do something like that. Churches in Mississippi don't have those resources. Many are yeah. pastored by a single person. You know, there's only one guy on staff. There's no way that something like this could be done. Uh, if, but for the churches that have those things, that's great. Um, mm -hmm. But you're right. You know, there are ch churches cannot, most churches realistically cannot teach languages and, and other things like that. Um, yeah. And so we need places that, you know, are being taught where people have dedicated their lives to, to being students of whatever discipline and that are able to teach and equip, you know, future leaders of the church. But, uh, and then you have like us, you know, right. The, uh, the centers that are the bridge between, you know, the, the seminary and the local church that can continue. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but again, that's why it's so important to be plugged into a local church, right? Because you can, you can go to seminary, take every single elective and course in the catalog and still be missing a piece because there's yeah. things that the, the, the seminary cannot teach you that you can only learn in a local church context. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're wrapping up here towards, towards the last bit of our, our questions here. Uh, when should pastors, this is kind of an important question here because I'm just assuming guys that are listening to this podcast right now, if they've made it this far, they're like, but yeah, I've already done seminary. This isn't like super applicable to me. Well, what, when should pastors consider pursuing an advanced degree, like a PhD, a DMIN, an EDD, a THM? And do you think pastors need an advanced degree? Do they need it uh, in terms of, um, you know, collectively? No. <laughs> uh, not everyone needs uh, needs a, an advanced degree. Not everyone needs to go for a THM or a doctorate uh, or anything like that, but some do. Uh, some do. I think that my experience was there were still itches that I needed to scratch. Uh, there were still aspects of my thinking um, that I just simply knew that I wasn't I wasn't ready yet. Uh, I, I needed to tease this out still. I, I needed to to think through this a little bit a little bit more effectively. Um, uh, let, let me put it in different categories. If if you see yourself uh, teaching in some capacity, obviously uh, a research degree is going to train you at the highest level, you know, for teaching, for researching, and and so forth. And if you do it well, and if you do it, you know, with the right mindset. It can be an absolute blessing to the local church. Um, for professional degrees, like a doctor of ministry or a doctor of education, uh, say you want to uh, uh, do better in, uh, in your thinking through statistics or you want to do better in your administrative skills you know, or, uh, or, or things along that nature, uh, maybe you want to be better, uh, a better counselor you know, or, or you know, you're thinking about uh, more effective evangelistic tools or a more effective church planting strategy or something like that, then yeah, go ahead and pursue it. 
uh, you know, and, and learn and grow uh, in, your, in your research, learn and grow in your, in your understanding, uh, it can be very, very beneficial. Um, I'll, I'll give some, some warnings. Uh, and I said, you know, if you do so with the right mindset, you know, and everything, uh, it can serve the church. Well, there are some mindsets where it, it won't benefit the church. Um, you can, uh, you know, you can get so deep into the weeds that you forget that, you know, that there are actual people <laughs> out there uh, that need to, um, uh, that, that need to grow, they need to be fed and so on. And, um, you know, don't turn your sermon into a research project. Uh, you know, don't uh, go in and, and preach. And it feels like it's more of a, um, uh, uh, you, you, you forgot that you're preaching the scriptures. You forgot that your people need to hear from God uh, through his word and so on. Uh, if you're going in and you're dumping all of your research on them, uh, five people will be really, really blessed, you know, and everyone else, you know, it, it was it was a waste of their time. Um, so you, you've got to go with the right mindset. This serves the church, but you got to learn the wisdom and the discernment to know how it will serve the church and how it will best benefit the church. Um, but yeah, in terms of learning, in terms of pursuing a degree, go ahead. But uh, some words of wisdom, consult your spouse. Um, you know, it's, it would be really wise to, to be on the same page with that. Um, you know, if, if uh, you pastor or thinking that you want to get a doctorate and, and Mrs., uh, uh, you, know, you know, pastor's wife over here is saying, I don't think I can do that. I, you know, we already went through several years, you know, of, of me, you know, having to do a lot of the parenting alone and, and so on. And, uh, you know, while you were writing your papers and everything and the thought of you, you know, doing even deeper and more rigorous research you know, as the kids are getting older and, and so on. And, uh, you know, I just, I can't do it. Listen to her, listen to her, you know, and, and really think through that and pray through that together. It's better for y'all to be on the same page, uh, you know, in, in, in this regard. And so, yeah, um, you know, think through all of those, think through your ministry. If you're pastoring and you, you're considering doing further study, is your church ready for you to do that kind of uh, that level of research. And I mean, cause that's what it is. It is rigorous. It is going to take time. You can't, you know, pull an all nighter or something and think that you can write, you know, a dissertation. That's not going to happen. Um, you're going to need time away. Is the church uh, set up for you to have, you know, uh, regular time away to focus on those things? Um, if not, then you may want to hold off a bit you know, uh, um, until the, the church is ready for you to have, uh, to do that, that level of study. Um, so yeah, you know, uh, it's not for everybody. It's, it's okay, you know, for, for you to say, you know, I really wanted to, but circumstances just really, you know, didn't, you know, it didn't work out, you know, for me to, to do that. That's okay. You're not any lesser of a pastor, you know, say, uh, if you didn't go. I would say like, for the aspiring pastor, maybe if you find yourself in ministry now and you have desires for, for an advanced degree, plan ahead, think through mm -hmm. what that would look like, consult your wife, but always be flexible, right? Um, mm -hmm. The way Debbie and I have, have kind of done this is like we're constantly assessing as we need to, is it time to get off the bus? Can yeah. we make another stop, you know? Um, and, and like you said, if circumstances prevent that, that's okay. You're, you're not any less of a pastor. Uh, the truth is, is we do need pastor theologians. Uh, we do need pastors with PhDs and church leaders with PhDs and demons and all of these <laughs> letters of the alphabet. We do need these, but not everybody has to have that. Uh, I, I do believe that, um, for some they're blessed with finances to do it gifting, um, time, those things. Not everybody has that. And we need to yeah. recognize that for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if you are, consider Southeastern. Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> we can connect you <laughs> to the right people. There we go. Uh, so last question here. Mm -hmm. We've had this conversation about how important seminary is. And as I just said, uh, with the advanced degree, the same is true for any de degree. Uh, the truth is, is that some people just aren't able to mm -hmm. 
to pursue seminary, whether mm -hmm. it be because of their finances, their time restraints, whatever it may be, uh, even with, you know, the various forms of financial aid and things out there. Uh, for some, it's just not part of part of the, the path. Uh, mm -hmm. So for those who can't afford seminary or who are unable to attend seminary, what are some resources that can help sharpen them uh, for ministry? Yeah, um, there there are plenty. Uh, let me think first off in terms of uh, uh, preaching. I know our own, uh, our president, Dr. Uh, Danny Aiken, uh, he wrote a little booklet called Building a Theological Library. Um, and in it, uh, he has uh, commentaries, uh, uh, various uh, different theological works and so on uh, that are absolute essentials uh, for your library. Um, build your library, build, uh, build it out with uh, the books that we would be reading in seminary, uh, the textbooks, commentaries, and so forth. Uh, those are very, very helpful. Um, also, uh, it, it wouldn't hurt to uh, to contact uh, a seminary professor and say, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm getting interested in uh, seminary, but I I don't have you know the means or anything. What are some uh, books that I could read uh, that would uh, really prepare me, uh, uh, either prepare me for seminary, you know, in the future, or you know, some books that I could read, you know, to really get that kind of uh, training and that knowledge that I would need, uh, you know, that I would get if I were in seminary." Uh, and I don't know a pastor or a professor that would say, you know, in reply, leave me alone. Um, no, they, they absolutely would, would do that. Anytime you ask a professor for book recommendations, you will always get book recommendations. Trust me on that. That is, that is our thing. That's our jam. Especially right, so. if you email rlock at sebitstudy.edu. Yeah, we do this. That's our that's our love language. You know, books are our love language. And so the best way that we can tell you that we love you is by giving you a list of books uh, for you to read and so forth. But yeah, you know, uh, you have um, uh, uh, professors that are much more accessible than than ever before, you know, with with the, with the technology and communication that we have now. Uh, you know, just ask them, hey, what are some books that I, I could read, you know, to help me become a better preacher? And we'll give you a bibliography of, of, of uh, preaching books that are very, very uh, helpful for you to read. What are some, you know, books on church history? What are some books on philosophy? What are some books, you know, some commentaries and so forth? Uh, you know, yeah, feel free to, uh, to ask. And uh, we'll be more than happy, to, uh, more than um, happy to to help you in that regard. Uh, but yeah, you know, Dr. Aiken's resource is a very, uh, very good resource. I think that um, it's a good start. You know, kind of a one-stop shop. You know, for uh, uh, for a lot of resources uh, to to kind of jumpstart your your library. Um, uh, but yeah, those types of things are helpful. If you are um, if you are near a seminary. Um, if you're in proximity to one, uh, I would say, hey, if you're not able to uh, to pay for a class, you know, um, or or anything like that, um, pay full tuition. Why don't you try auditing it? Uh, right. You know, go and and ask if if you could just sit in <laughs> and just take notes and everything. You won't be able to get a degree, obviously, uh, uh, that way, but you, at least you'll be able to uh, to learn. And so those things are helpful. There are also certificate programs. Um, and so on, which are much lower cost, uh, but you can still get the training, you can still uh, get the learning in that regard as well. So yeah, there are so many resources that, as I said before, uh, 10 years ago, I think our answers would be, uh, would have been different than they are right now. But at this point in time, the resources, the technology, and so on, this is just an absolute great time uh, uh, for theological education. Right. Yeah, those are all good suggestions. I would also mention uh, free classes. Uh, Southeastern offers free classes, uh, a select amount of free classes. If you're interested in that, visit our website. We have uh, a link to those on our website. You can learn uh, preaching and a couple of other different classes uh, that are unique, and it's at no cost. All you have to do is sign up. So um, there's resources like that. Uh, we also, you know, articles, podcasts, books, tons and tons of books. Uh, you know, you mentioned the Theological Library PDF. That's also on our website. 
uh, that you can download at no cost, or you can go to Dr. Aiken's website and down, download at no cost. Um, like you said, auditing classes. And then again, you know, we, we've gone back to this a couple of times, finding people around you that are older, that are more experienced and just learning from them. You know, if you have the opportunity, I know a brother right now who, who uh, is part, joined a local cohort. He, he's not able to attend seminary, but he is able to meet with pastors regularly. Find those opportunities. Uh, what I don't want you to do is do nothing. <laughs> you know, just say, I can't attend seminary, so there's, no, there's nothing for me, because that's just not true. There are so many resources out there um, for you to help you. So uh, absolutely. And we both just want to encourage anybody listening right now who, who uh, might be interested in either starting a seminary degree or continue, continuing their education by uh, pursuing an advanced degree uh, to consider doing so in any way that we can help uh, consider reaching out to us. But that will do it for today's episode. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. If this episode was helpful, consider leaving us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear any feedback you would be willing to give us. As always, it is our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors and aspiring pastors. And I hope we've done that today. And as always, my brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain.